Hello, hello, and welcome to the Beehive Jive, a podcast from London where two beekeeping friends chat about bees. So, hello, Tracy. Hello, Paul. In our socially distanced outside podcast in the studio. Our first outdoor podcast. I know. We're doing well, actually, because it's, um, what's it today? It's 21 Celsius. Yeah. Uh, and then it's snowing <laughs> next week. Next week. <laughs> Great British summers is off. I mean, we always start with a weather report, and I can't help it. But it's I'm nice out here. I'm not going to go on like I normally do. But, I mean, the last three days have been lovely, mm. but way above the temperature for this <laughs> time of year. It's really bad form. I'm eating cake at the moment. Why you? There's nothing wrong with that. I know. There's, not, there's never a wrong time to eat cake. Well. I don't think. Anyway. We won't I think of one or that. two instances. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, it has been higher. The temperature has. I'm going to continue with the weather report. The temperature has. Talk been for about higher. ten minutes. I'll be finished. I'll be finished by <laughs> it. Um, and it's going to go right back down again. And as you said, it's going to be snowy over the Easter weekend in some parts of the UK. I mean, help me understand how this can happen. But well, parts of the UK deserve snow. That's why we we won't get it because where we live, we don't deserve it. No. That's how it works. No, we're just <clears throat> has been cut. I mean, I, I was I was moaning about the weather to someone I know. I said, "Oh, you know, why isn't it warm?" He said, "Because it's spring. This is what spring's like." Yeah. All right then, you you and your facts. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's true. And I think, I mean, having not seen the bees for nearly seven months, mm. seven months. I mean, what kind of hobby is that to have, where you can only look at them for? A few months of the year. Um, but I think, of course, the tendency is to just jump into it. You get the first good day. And I know a lot of the beginners this year in the association have just rushed in there and kind of opened up everything. And it's still, the temperature at night still drops down to about two degrees. Yeah. So. It's still what I would call slipper weather. Slipper weather. <laughs> yeah. It is definitely slipper weather. Although I can't feel my feet at the moment because they've gone numb. Have they? Yeah, part of my chemo, one of the side effects is you get a thing called a neuropathy, which is the, oh, yeah. the, en- the ends of your body go a bit numb. So even though I'm not on chemo, I've been on chemo for, what, six months? I got it in my fingers and my feet. And my yeah. fingers are fine, but my feet feels like I'm walking on pillows. Really? Yeah. So what I find is um, I'll be doing something, and all of a sudden my feet are being really, really cold, and it's just because they've been getting cold and I haven't felt it. Apparently goes away eventually. Do you want me to get you a hot water bottle? Or what something? for my feet? Right now, yeah. I know it's fine. I've got <laughs> socks on and shoes. Cold. I knew I was going out today, so I put shoes and socks on. <laughs> I feel honoured. <laughs> um, but I'm sitting here in a big coat. Yeah, yeah. And a bit and a big hoodie. Yeah. Outside the honey shack. You've got a fleece on. No, no, I've got, I've got a t-shirt on. I've got a, f- a long sleeve t-shirt on. Okay. <laughs> it's me. I'm, I'm, you I'm, don't have to shame I'm me. Under me jacket <laughs> to prove it. No, 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 I've got clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come out with pyjamas. I've been living in them for a year, but I don't know, oh, wear them everywhere okay. now. But yeah, so um, it's been a cold, cold spring. Very cold. But that's not bad. It's not a bad thing. No. Although they've gone mad. So when I, I actually opened mine for the first time yesterday and we're not going to talk about it. we're going to talk about that in the next episode are you sure yes and um oh, they were getting no, no control yourself okay sorry pace yourself sorry stiff upper lip we're yeah. trying to do more episodes now okay. you have to pace yourself 
Um, and they're, they're bringing loads of nectar in. So they're, they're, they're going to have a bit of a shock, aren't they? Because they're going to come out Sunday. Yeah. What the hell's gone? Yeah. <laughs> but see, that's the problem with the long, with the cold spring, bit damp as well. You know, they they need to get out. They need those cleansing flights. And you know, when they're all crowded in the in the hives, my, I mean, mine have just exploded in terms of population. So I'm opening them up and there are a lot of bees in that space, which makes me very nervous because that's what happened that time they all died, um, where they're all just so crowded in together. And then, of course, you think, well, I'll give them extra space and then the temperature drops right down and they're all clustered again. So it's kind of like it's a bit stop-start. Okay. It feels a bit little... Someone hasn't done beekeeping for over a year, you're making me really nervous. (laughs) (laughs) why (laughs) no no it's good i'm happy so because you've got two apries do you find them are they they expanded the same or they as is one noticeably larger than the other i'm asking if you've got a favorite oh i have a favorite i I know i have a favorite poofal um yeah absolutely and um well i've actually got three different sites so I've got two sites on the field. Mm. Oh yeah. So that's. But but do you notice a difference um, between the two sites at the moment? I have to be honest. I don't. I don't really notice a difference. No, I don't notice a difference to answer the question. But um, I think that it just depends on the queens. I mean, everything depends on the queens, doesn't it? But yeah. the colonies that have got lovely queens in them are just bouncing. Um, so there's one particular queen I've got. I nearly, I went to mark her yesterday and I, I just thought, God, I'm really out of practice with this and it's really early in the year and if I hurt her. Yeah. So I just left her. She's, she's easy to find because she's so big. Um, but yes. you. I'm will, laughing because you, you put a tablecloth on this table. <laughs> We're outside in your garden, outside the bee shack. Honey, no, you called it a honey shack, didn't you? Yeah. We'd definitely take a picture of this. I've just realised you've, you've actually put a tablecloth on the table. You are so prim and proper. I am, yeah. I'm just surprised we don't have a teapot. I know. And some doilies. There's even a bee napkin there. <laughs> I can get doilies if you want. No, no, no. God, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, I've, st- I've got... What I, what I forgot about beekeeping was how much tedious work you have to do. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm making frames at the moment. And I've realised, because I bought some, like when you were looking after bees, I bought some frames for you and you'd give them like half of them back. Mm. And I forgot you had them, so I ordered some as well. So I've got enough frames to make the ark. I can make a lifetime size replica of the ark with the amount of wood <laughs> I've got. Um, so make your frames. And um, <clears throat> I use a nail gun. I use one of those TACWISE electric oh, yeah. nail guns. I'm jealous of that. Well, I went to use it and it wasn't working. I was like, ah, oh, it's broken. And I thought, oh, I might have to buy a new one. So I go on Amazon and it's like a, it's like £104. And I noticed in the picture on Amazon, the little, that's like a little orange plastic nozzle that fits on the front. And I thought, well, mine hasn't got that. It must have fallen off. So you can buy those for £4. So I bought one of those. But yeah, I'll be making frames. Um, yeah, it's tedious, but it's quite enjoyable. It's quite yeah. zen-like. Especially if you've got your own bee shack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
my shed. God, I love my shed. I know and you I've love your shed. Making frames, and I've been painting poly newts. I've been painting all my poly. It's um, nice. I can see it. Yeah. Is that a special kind of purple? Is that has that got a name? I don't. I don't know what the its name is. Right. Um, because the tin is covered in it. I can't read what's on the tin, but it's just one of those, you know, cuprinol? Oh, okay. Garden shades, yeah. So it's like a lilac y, lavender kind of colour, which is perfect. And you paint your poly in that as well? Yes, yeah. So, you know, I've been painting everything, and I guess I'm trying to get it ahead as I can. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's weird because I know that once they decide to take off and start swarming, um, it's it's just such a big rush. It doesn't matter how much preparation you've done. It's just putting in that proper time in the apiary. Yeah. You know, to keep them on track. Yeah. So I've done frames. That was good. I even hefted. So oh, since yes. I've been allowed out again, I, I've been going up to the, the farm and just hefting. <laughs> but you left so much honey on them that it's hard to lift them. They're definitely never, ever going to run out of food. Oh, my God. Do you know, that honey, it, it was so funny because... Stop showing off about how much honey you Well, made. no, I, I went up there and I took it off. Stop honey shaming me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and then I thought, but they're such a big colony, yeah. they might need it. So I, the next day, I went back and put it back on. They've had some of it, but there's still loads left. Yeah. Oh my God, how much honey have they got? Yeah. Um, but I'm going to try checkerboarding. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Well, when I say I'm going to try checkerboard, I've downloaded the guide how to do it. Uh, that still means I've got to read it and actually do it. Mm-hmm. I might try it. So how does it work? So as someone who's only actually read the beginning of it and, and vaguely <laughs> Googled it, um, oh, what's the, is it Honey Bee Sweet, the blog? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, Rusty's blog. She's yeah. got a fantastic post about it. Where she says, uh, if you get male beekeepers together, they'll all argue what checkerboarding is. Oh, but as as I understand it, the basic concept is, and I could be entirely wrong and tell me if I am, but the basic concept is that bees, one of the triggers for swarming is the honey band. So when the bees kind of build the, build out their, um, the brood nest and it hits the honey band, mm-hmm. then they start to just think, oh, run out of space, yeah. time to swarm. So what we checkerboarding, you know, as I, as the, the bit the one the guide I've got says, it's not about putting doing anything to the brood nest. It's about breaking the honey band above it. So in the supers, you take out some of the uh, capped frames and you right. give it uncapped frames. So they so there's always space above the brood nest that they're filling with something. And the idea is you do that. And it retards swarming. It doesn't stop it. You can't stop swarming. But it slows it down. That's really interesting because I read about, well, Ted Hooper, whose book I'm rereading at the moment, which is just one of my favourite ever books um, on beekeeping. Um, he says... <laughs> I want the qualifier. <laughs> but only on beekeeping. No, I've got other favourite books. <laughs> yes. I'm more learned. Um, so, um, he, I read a lot of Kant and Nietzsche, you know. <laughs> He um he says that he says to to scrape the honey in the ark. All right, okay. Yeah, in the ark on the frames. Oh, okay. To scrape that honey, give them a super, and they'll take it upstairs. Yeah, that's a great book. 
It is a brilliant book. Should we talk about book club quickly? Yeah, go on then. So one of the ever since we started the podcast, apart from the um, sort of cancer holiday, um, the, the idea of the podcast is we would talk about our beekeeping. So at the end of the season, the podcast kind of stopped at the end of the season. But a lot of people have said, do more shows. So, oh, it's getting windy. That's a big gust of wind. Oh, lots of background sound in the broadcast. <laughs> yeah. I like doing the garden, though. Yeah. Let's see if I can keep on track. So, <laughs> um, but the kind of problem we had with that was uh, there's loads of beekeeping podcasts and they all do slightly different things. And we kind of thought, well, we don't want to talk about how you do stuff because you can go and listen to, like, um, beekeeping short and sweet, for example. They do that, right? They, they mm. do all the techniques yep. and they do it really well. And you think, well, I can't really add anything to that. Um, you know, Kevin England or Bee, you know, Beekeeping Corner, he does brilliant, really quite yeah, in-depth. Really so, yeah, can't really do that. So, we want to do something. And so what we come up with is, we do like reading beekeeping books. So, out of season, several months ago, we're going to do like a beekeeping book club. We're going to read a book. We've got a list at the moment. I'm going to go through them and we're just going to talk about how good we thought the book was or how bad. Mm. Hopefully it won't be bad because I can't bear reading bad books. So we're going to do like the out of season stuff. We're going to do a beekeeping book club. Great idea. It is because I we're s- doing it anyway. As yeah, you say, we're reading, so we may as well. Yeah, yeah. and 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 the and the bonus for me is uh, Tracy's going to cook cake, cook yeah. bake cake. <laughs> so we'll have a different cake for every book. A different cake for every book. Yeah, a themed cake. You have you have got a baking problem. I have got a baking problem. I think we need to do some sort of intervention. So I would yes. do an intervention because I'm sure, like you know, alcohol, like alcoholic, you're hiding eggs and sugar and flour around the house. I think to be <laughs> fair, it's not the baking that's the problem; it's the eating. Because right. <laughs> yeah. during lockdown, I was talking to you, and you were saying uh, oh, baking a cake. I said, "When are you baking a cake? Like, a couple of days ago. Oh, it's a different cake. What are you doing with all this cake? Oh, I'm freezing it because because uh, if I eat it, I end up the fire brigade left to lift me out of the house. Oh, God. <laughs> Honestly, they'd have to come and cut me. Out. I, I, I mean, lockdown has just been such a challenge, I think, for for all of us with with what we eat. But anyway, no, I, I <laughs> just, just sharing Bake that Bake It's turning into a therapy group. Um, but oh. no, I, I have been reading lots of books yeah. at the moment because I'm studying for my exam. Right. Yeah. So we can do a book club at the out of season because mm-hmm. people have asked for a podcast we'd love to do another podcast we were just kind of trying to work out what we could do which which added content rather than just kind of because everyone like the, the great thing about sort of the beekeeping called beekeepers media is there's loads of it now and there's loads of great youtube channels and blogs and podcasts so we just wanted to make sure we were providing something slightly different mm-hmm. so, yeah so anyway so that's, that's what we're going to do so i've been doing hefting yep so I've got, I've still got loads of those. I love hefting badges because you can buy two. You can only buy fifty. So, <laughs> and um, cleaning. I'm doing so much cleaning. Oh, cleaning. Why didn't you clean all my kit for me? <laughs> Why didn't I clean all my kit? For <laughs> yeah. Me? Oh, so um, much cleaning. Oh, it's it is, and I I find it really cold work. Because, of course, you know, uh, you're in the garden scrubbing them and bleaching them. And uh, obviously I'm talking about Polly here. Uh, um, so, yeah, it's it's a labour of love. It really But you feel so good when it's done. Do you? Yeah, you do. Oh. And then you go to do your, your splits and you've got a n- lovely clean nuke box. Don't you resent putting bees in them? It's so clean. 
it's like, it's like don't mess it up. It's in like here. getting in a freshly made bed. I don't want to get in it because no, it no. looks so good. Yeah. So I'm cleaning, cleaning, cleaning. I mean, um, yeah, Polly's easy, I think, because um, Polly, you just scrape it off, wash mm. it with bleach, and you're done. Whereas it the, is easier. Yeah, it is I easy. Think. Whereas the wooden one, you get the wooden one is more um, satisfying, I think, because you're heating up, like, you know, you're melting the propolis, and you can mm. see, and you're kind of almost varnishing the inside of the box. But I've got loads of clean. Luckily, I've got so much Polly that loads of it is already clean. <laughs> so I'm just. Just in, I've been painting a couple of them. Um, we'll talk about painting later, but well, I've just go with polys. That paint with masonry paint, it just gets mine do. I can't talk about it, but it gets dirty. It just gets like a, especially painting white, it, gets, it kind of gets like a black crust on it. That you have to wash off, and it doesn't really come. It doesn't look clean. It is clean. But it doesn't look clean. And depending how OCD you are, I'm going to paint them again, so they're all pristine. Um, I read a really good blog, which we will talk about later about painting polys so yeah so it's cold spring we're still how far how far far, i'm not that far behind primarily because i've just ordered um some new poly highs from abello which will be coming soon so i know i'm getting clean boxes coming shrink wrapped um i'm a little bit i'm behind on frames i made up 30 i've just put me nukes that should be enough for now how far behind are you um, I've, I think I've done everything I can do. You are such a show off. I'm just rename this podcast to show off. I've done everything I can do, except I've got some wooden hives of yours, which. Have you? Yeah. Well, I've got a brood box, which I'm going to put a, put some bees in. Lovely. Well done. Um, and I thought, well, I'll give that a, I'll just give that a quick torch. Right. And then I just thought, no, because I'll give it back to you and it'll be all scorched and, I wasn't sure how you like to do your t- your torching because everyone does it differently. Well, I like other people to do it for me. That's my preference. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Put me. Um, so I think I think I'm pretty much where I need to be. Right. Um, with my preparations, as much as I can. So organised. I'm just kind of poised for everything to kind of spring into action. Boing. I know. Well, because it's been cold. Judging by their behaviour. Having three good days, I think if they get a wig, they'll be like ready to swarm. Yeah. They're just gonna like, let's go. Yeah, little buggers. <laughs> One of my colonies, I mean, I just looked at them very quickly. Had drone brood in it. Yeah, yeah. Some of mine have got drone brood. Yeah. We're not talking about inspections. Sorry, we've got to be disciplined. Keep me on track. <laughs> I'm really bad at waffling off. I should have bought a whip and a chair. <laughs> So what are you planning on doing this season then? What's your big scheme, Trace? <laughs> oh, no pressure. Um, <laughs> I'm marking I it guess, out of 10. Yes. I guess what I want to do this year is kind of go back to basics with my beekeeping because it's all been, you know, kind of a little bit um, on the back foot, I would say, you know, certainly with my colonies last year. Right. I was, you know, when they swarmed, I was like, oh, God, where's my... I didn't have anything ready. So what I want to do is go back to basics in terms of swarm control and queen rearing and do it in a way that's not panicked, do it in a more methodical way because I'm the kind of beekeeper, I tend to throw equipment or yeah. snell growth boards or whatever at a problem um, and, you know, rather than thinking through methodically right. how I'm going to approach things... <laughs> 
So I want to I want to be a little calmer and more methodical this year. Are you going to methodically do swarm control? Then? <laughs> oh well, you're just going to split them. My, the patented <laughs> polynuke method, yeah. split method, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, for me, that is the best method of swarm control. Just find the mm. queen, put her in nuke, mm. job done. No drama, and it's just really. Um, so I've always been bad at notes. But I think where notes come in useful is recording things like when you see it start to see the first swarm cells. Because you're probably going to see the first swarm cells. Everything being about the same, the same time every year, in the same April. As long as the weather's reasonably consistent, you're probably going to see, uh, you know, swarm. So you kind of, if you write it down, you say, well, last year I saw swarm cells, like the second week of May. It's the first, you know, just coming into May, I might want to start thinking about splitting. Yeah. So that's where I kind of find notes are probably useful yeah. if I had any. I do now have a notebook sitting here on the table. Very impressive. Very impressed that I've actually got a notebook. <laughs> but um It's a nice notebook. Actually that is a that's a really big thing that I didn't say is about records. All right. Because I'm not good at keeping records. Um and so disappointing. Well, no, actually I put them on my phone, so I dictate them onto onto notes on my iPhone and then of course I don't look at them again all right um because you, they're not physically in front of me which is a notes app notes app yeah yeah Evernote does voice recording and you can search it as well oh can you yeah yeah have you used any of the beekeeping apps uh I've used all of them well all, all, all the ones I've come across <laughs> I should have known better than um, ask for any I'm try not to talk about work now but one of the things about apps is they have to be uh, usable when you want to use them, right? So, like, uh, you know, if you're listening to a podcast on a podcast app, it's point. It's no no use having it if you have to go home to download it, right? You, you kind of the the function of it is I want to listen to a podcast now. I want to find one, search one, press play. My problem with the beekeeping apps is I just don't want to carry my phone around the apiary. And, and normally the phone is under my suit, so I'd have to like take the suit, and it's just I've never found them kind of available. Yeah. When I needed it, whereas also it, with some gloves. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas this notebook, I've got a pen, a little plastic loop that holds it in, mm. and I just open the notebook next to the hive I'm going to inspect, and I just write the notes, and it's like, you know, I don't know why I'm pointing at it, no, but yeah, I can see it. Yeah. So I, I, I don't. I number my hive positions, not the hive. So I say, well, this is hive one because it's in position one. So all right, H1. And I'll just do some bullet points. And that, that works for me. Whereas apps aren't, um, I don't find them, they're not, in the context you need to use them, they're difficult to use. You know, I really don't want to put propolis all over my, yeah. you know, several hundred pound smartphone. And then Absolutely. have to go home and wipe it all off. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so I kind of find beekeeping apps, the record keeping ones, difficult. Because mm. what, what I ended up doing, bizarrely, was writing down the thing and then going home and like, putting them in the app. I thought, what, what am I, I might as well write them down and put them in a spreadsheet. Yeah. And I, so now I don't, I try to use them. I haven't really found any of them. They're clever. I mean, the stuff that, that they, what they can do, they're well mm. thought out of. They're obviously beekeepers have gone, well, I don't want to, I want to track yeah. how many frames of brood, I want to run on a report. That's great. You know, if you want to run your bees with spreadsheets, it's fantastic. 
Um, so how they use the data, I find, is, is useful. It's just the way the data input for me is just inelegant because it's, you know, these thing, these phones are not cheap. No, exactly. And I don't want to cover it in proper lists. Drop, imagine dropping it in a hive, you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> I nearly dropped because I keep mine in my top pocket, yeah. which, are, which have Velcro fastenings. Right. And I bent over the bucket of soda water to wash my hive tool <laughs> and it started, my phone nearly came out yeah. into the bucket. I just thought, oh my God. But I mean, I think with the apps I've seen, they're way more sophisticated than I need. Um, and I mean, I just don't have that kind of brain to be able to yeah. get them, get the most. And also I don't have that many hives, yeah. you know. So um, I'm thinking of, again, back to basics, just using the standard record card. Yeah. Printing off a paper one, carrying it around in a ring binder, um, having that with yeah. you. But it is, I think you're so right, it's so important to keep records, especially dates, dates of Queen's. You know, I've never kept records, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in that position where it's a bit like uh, you know, being on a diet, you know, yeah, I know why I want to be on a diet, but that cake looks really nice. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. So I, I'm trying, to, I, I, I do now keep, keep these notes, but I, I found a way of keeping them that I can. I can just do it yeah. straight away. You've got to do it in a way that works for you or else exactly. it won't happen. So, yeah, so you're just going to split when you see them wet and full of drones. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, what am I doing? I'm going for my list of things I'm doing. So I'm moving everything to poly this year. So at the moment I've got poly nukes, famously, and wooden hives. You've got some poly nukes, have you? Oh, I have a... Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure you go on like Google Maps, you can see my stack of bodies. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all painted white, they're all painted white so they look, they look like the ice wall out of Game of Thrones. It's just, it's just, I could actually probably make a throne out of them, like polythrone. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yes, I'm moving the hives to poly. Uh, so I've selected a maker poly because they're all different, so you can't have to select the ones. You, there's loads of new ones come out. Really? Oh, God, yeah, so... Um, I'm going to use the Abello ones. They're 12-frame nationals, and they've got some you know, features I like. Um, you can use the Maisie Wall ones, um, the Honeypool ones, uh, Pains. Um, there's loads. Mm. BS Honey, maker of my favourite new, they bought, they bought a hive out that you can split into two hives. Wow. With a, with a vertical. That's cool. Yeah. So I love, I love their stuff. I've got one of their nukes. Their nukes are brilliant, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, I've got one of nukes. I'd like to get another one, actually. I might treat myself to that this year. So the 12 or 14s, are they an ink? Yes. Well, you buy an ink, you can borrow one of mine. Thank you. I'll get an ink. <laughs> <laughs> I'll borrow yet more of your poly. I've got half your poly out on my hives. I had to do a... Don't say that, because I'm embarrassed how much I've got now. <laughs> I know, how, I know it's my poly because it's white. It's yours white, is all, yeah. Yours is all purple. I know. And um, the people who come onto the field love the fact that it's white and purple because it's the, it's the logo of Mayfield Lavender. Oh, is it? Yeah. You are so on brand. I know. I am so on brand. And it looks great, actually, together. But, yeah, it's just – I'm glad you didn't paint them brown, for example. Yeah. <laughs> brown. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um. Well, different colours. I'm painting them green and blue. But I'm, yeah. So, um, yes, I'm moving all my beehives to poly um, just because I like poly. 
It's easy to clean. Yeah, I like Polly. It's warm. It doesn't feel the same, though. It doesn't feel as good. This is something about a wooden super or brew box. This feels better. No. I'm shaking my head because I disagree. Oh, right. People say that, though. No, people do say that. Yeah, I just said it. Yeah, I... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But no, I... I I get the sense you're not listening to me, Trey. I am listening to you. Oh, oh, don't. don't. (laughs) You're sinking. It's right. The chair just disappeared into the ground. I'm all right. I'm fine. It must be a patch of quicksand no, in it's my I'm garden fat. that I didn't realise. Have you got like a trap here to stop people creeping in your garden? Yeah. I wonder what that hand was poking out of the grass behind you. <laughs> so yeah, so um, yeah, so I'm moving to Polly. So yeah, well, it's a great, great move. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and your new hives are going to be lovely. They're a lovely colour. Yeah, they're green. They're sage and grey. Oh. I know. I'm jealous. Tough. Not having those ones. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to try some small scale queen rearing using the cloak board this year. Yes. Harry Cloak. Oh, is that, is, is, was your Harry, was he? Harry Cloak, yeah. Yeah. I had, to, I had to learn about this, but unfortunately I don't seem to be able to remember how it actually works. Cloak board? It's, yeah. It, 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 uh, yeah, so it's two brood boxes divided essentially by queen excluder. And the it creates an entrance between the two brood boxes. So you, you let the bees learn the new entrance. And then one day, you push in a cloak board which separates the, uh, the bees at the top of the brood box and the bees at the bottom of the brood box. You do some brood manipulation to get um, nurse bees in the top box. And then it's quite explain. It sounds it sounds more difficult to explain. And then you turn the the, bo- the bottom box entrance is facing out the back. Mm. So one of the good things about the abello boxes, you don't have to turn the boxes around because they've got these little plastic plugs that can create entrances in yeah, all the sides. So, clever. so if you're going to set it up with uh, wooden boxes, you turn it round facing the other way. Put the cloak board in. Put the brew board on top. Close up the original en- exit, and then the bees will just learn the new entrance. And then what you do is you put the cloak board in. In the morning, you're going to graft. So now the top box is queenless and they freak out. And you open the entrance, which is now facing the opposite direction of the entrance they know about. So all the bees that have flown back in that day fly out of that entrance and back in the top box. So the idea is you've got loads of bees in the top box. And it's queenless. And then, you know, four or five hours later, Mm. you drop grafts in it or put your... um, your Miller method or whatever you want to do in it, in it. So what I like about that method of queen rearing for me, because it's small scale, is I don't have to tear down an entire box to make it happen. Yeah. So we I don't have to build a cell starter. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't need I don't need to be able to graph forty cells yeah. into a box. So um yeah, I'm gonna give that a well. Good thing about croak wards, you can make them yourself out of a queen excluder. Got an old queen excluder mouse's tube for them. You can make a cloak board out of it. Cool. I haven't. I bought one, but you can make. One. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to make one. They're really easy to make. So it's just um, eight mil ply around the around the top, just to create like a floor mm. and a groove to put the. And you, you can use a thrower inspection board as the cloak board bit. Yeah. It's basically a vertical split. Yeah. 
It's cool. I like it. Sounds good. So I'm doing that. And the other thing I want to do now is because you shame me is I've got to make honey. Because my wife could not believe the amount of honey you made. And I kept very quiet when I went up there and I saw you got probably more honey than you put in jars still on the hives. I just couldn't take it from them. No, you probably couldn't lift it. (laughs) Well, (laughs) do you know, I actually couldn't lift it. I had to get help. (laughs) I nearly had to put Guy in a bee suit. Oh, really? And get him to come and help me lift it off the hives. Yeah, um, in terms of making honey, my God, that's a great area. Oh, don't. have loads oh, of honey. Trouble, you know, you no. You've got all that beautiful drawn comb as well. I know, I've got loads of drawn comb. Mm. I've had more, more drawn comb than I've ever had in my entire life. I did a great job not making that. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I've got to make some honey. Mm. I've got to make some honey. You make honey every year. Oh, I've got, oh, I've got to make my hand on that. Oh, I've got to make honey. You've got loads. Um, yeah, and then along with the clean, I've just got to move some equipment to the... Well, I've got to move all those new poly highs up there. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'll drive your poly highs up there. I know. In Good. The wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I know you will. In the, in, in the B-Mobile. You, you, you already said you would. Did I? They're really good. I'm looking forward to using those poly highs because they've got... Um, oh, I'll go for it later. But there's like... you can If you just Google Abelo, Abelo A-B-E-L-O, poly hive, there's about four or five... YouTube reviews of it but to be honest with polyhives you just look at all of them and go oh, I like that one they're, yeah. all, they're all equally they're broad enough that they meet all your requirements so yeah. they're like the, there's loads of Langstroth polyhives that you can buy in the UK now oh yeah which are really popular with bee farmers yes um, but I've got I've not got Langstroth so I wouldn't do it no you could buy those because it's made by Lyson, which is the Polish beef manufacturer. You can buy the same design in, in Langstroth from Lyson's. Oh. If you can get it through the, like, the Brexit barrier. Yeah. Get it through the force field. Yes. Um, yeah. And you're doing more bee safaris this year. So when do you do your first one? I do my first one on the 20th of June. Wow, that's late. Fully, fully, fully booked. Yeah, but it is. Um, I've had, some, had good bookings so far this year. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it because obviously everyone who comes along um, on the bee safari, you know, you've got people, they're there because they love bees and they want to know more. So, you know, what's what's not to like? And everything's just received so positively and so enthusiastically. Yeah. Um, so it's just an absolute pleasure. I love doing them. Everyone loves bees. Yeah. Well, almost everyone. Yeah. Although a lot of people when I ask them to point to the picture of the bee, the honeybee, mm. will point to the bumblebee. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and I think th- I think that's absolutely understandable why, because that's kind of the image of the bee. If you look at this napkin here in front of us... Oh, yeah. You know, the bees oh, look like bumblebees. I just noticed some more cake. <laughs> yeah. <this is> <laughs> um, <laughs> let me Carry draw on. your attention. Um you know, that's that's how people portray bees, how how we draw bees. Yeah. In kind of, you know, I'm not an art person, but like in common and everyday art, um, whatever the term is. So little yeah. fat little fat black and white thing with two wings. Yeah, for like yeah, cu- you know, cute for it. And when people see what a honeybee is, sometimes they will say, Oh, oh I thought that was a wasp. Um so yeah, it makes absolutely no difference. You know, they just want to see the bees and 
and you know experience holding frames and things like that see the queen so nice yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to another year there and that's um, your favorite thing though isn't the bee safaris yeah i love doing them yeah i really do and i'm getting a new screen put around my apiary so anti-vegan screen (laughs) stop crazy vegan shouting at you through it Leave those yeah. bees alone. I know there's going to be protests this year. I'm sure. I've had just about everything except protests. But um, like a picket. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> so, um, I mean, how many times has that happened? A couple of times, isn't it? You've been abused by vegans, really. Yeah, I have been shouted at, <laughs> and once the bee, once it was during a bee safari. But um, really? obviously, all opinions are entitled, and vegans are very welcome on the bee safaris, as long as. They're not mean to me or my bees. So. I like vegan food. It's lovely. Yeah, well, you, yeah, you've been cooking a lot, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. A lot of... So bizarrely, if you get cancer, you suddenly get really, really into health and fitness. If you got into it before you got cancer, it'd probably be a better idea. <laughs> People hate my cancer jokes. <laughs> I don't know really. Well, your jokes. Yeah. That's fair enough. <laughs> you know. I'm, um, I'm scoffing this cake. Good. Eat it. Eat it up. It needs to be eaten. Um, it's good for you. What cake? Yeah. I don't think it is. Taste just tastes <laughs> nice. Um, I'm seeing so my doctor next week. I'll ask him. Can I? Can I? It's all right. I'm eating loads of cake. Yeah. And she'll go. No, no, Paul. It's not. <laughs> it's part of your five a day. Um, that's got lemon in it. <laughs> it's got lemon in it. Yeah. <laughs> Under a mountain of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, the bee safaris. You know, great so far. Really looking forward to it. Um, yeah. I just want us to have good weather. Hopefully we'll. Hopefully global warming will play its part. Last year, was th- we had some really hot days. And those bee suits are not air-conditioned. Oh, so no, I wasn't allowed out. Oh, oh yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. You, you had to... I was a prisoner. You, you had to stay in, didn't you? I, got, I used to get letters off the uh, NHS. Every couple of weeks, because I was, because if you're on chemo, they put you on shielding. Which and they send you this letter, and it's like four pages. So the first page is, you're shielding. You shouldn't go out unless you're going to a hospital appointment. Don't don't see anyone. Don't, you know, because you get COVID and you're chemo, it's probably going to kill you. So, mm. all right, I won't I won't do that. And then the rest of the three pages were like like all the things that could happen to you. <laughs> like, the first page was good enough. Just don't go out. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You didn't have to carry on the terror. And then they started sending me food parcels. Did they? They sent me food parcels. What was in them? Food. Nice food? Well, food well, parcels. Like meals? Yeah. Like, oh. Well, it was um, like pasta and potatoes and apples. Oh, yeah, I've got, yeah. We had to... Um, Took about three phone calls. They kept kept delivering it. And Kate's going, "We don't need it. We don't. We're all right. We're getting food delivered. You know, we're, we're getting food from the supermarket. We're fine." He said, "No, no, you're on a list. Just kept dumping this big box on our doorstep of food." Oh my god! <laughs> Took us like three phone calls and stopped doing it. It's nice they were doing still, it. I was going to say, still, it yeah, <laughs> just demonstrates how amazing. But we didn't ask for it. It just appeared. So here, some food. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you were sorted then. <laughs> no, I haven't got a bad word to say about the NHS. They're all amazing. Yeah, they are. They are truly amazing. 
Every single one of them. Every last one of them. They're brilliant. Mm. Um, yeah, so so bee safaris. And you do those from June till? June through to the end of August. Nice. Yep. Have you sneakily been adding in like things like how to make a frame? <laughs> yeah. How to paint a polynuke. <laughs> No, although how I, to clean I an don't apron. doubt that if I said to the people, if I said, well, okay, this is how you make one of these frames, yeah. I've no doubt they'd yeah. all be like, oh, great, yeah, let's have a go yeah. with that. Yeah, 10 That's each. The kind of <laughs> yeah. Yes, now, <laughs> in the next 10 minutes. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm sure people would react really positively yeah. to that, but as I've made all my frames and they're all <sighs> hanging up in my shed. Oh, you're hanging from the ceiling, aren't you? Yeah, I have, because I saw um, Keith, a fellow... Uh, association member yeah. he he showed a, f- shared a photo of the frames hanging and he shared and I just thought what a brilliant idea in terms of storage so he, he hangs them from two ropes I've seen yeah. this done elsewhere but he hangs two ropes from his like workshop roof mm. and he just hooks the frames in between the two ropes yeah yeah that's a good idea yeah and it's they're just out of the way and yeah. also and I, because I didn't have any boxes to put them in I didn't want to lay them down flat because no, wax bow and everything, yeah. yeah. So they're all hanging up already. Yeah. I'm looking for your daughter. Have you seen a little like bee mobile you've got like, like, like you put over a baby's cot? Yes. That's from Super Bee in Australia on the Gold Coast. Oh, really? Yeah. They have a, a myriad of... <laughs> I like your bee, bee shed. Stuff. Oh, I love my shed. I wrote a blog about yeah. bees. We've actually been writing blogs on our website so we visit it blogging, yeah. beehivejive.com <coughs> we've got an instagram as well now i think it's called the beehive jive podcast yes so if you go on, a, go on the instagram the highlights of the instagram is there's a video of me getting stung which my wife took and found very very funny and there's two pictures you, in 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 sequence that you need to look at so there's a bottle of wine that tracy was drinking and the very next picture is a hive that's fallen over I'm told there's no correlation between they are the two. Unrelated <laughs> incidents, <laughs> occurrences. Um, yeah, I did have two. I had two hives go over. I was about to say, yeah, I did. I had two bottles of wine. Actually, we've got another one in the fridge. Well, You've got I'm, loads. Called the bee's knees. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to drink that? Well, well to be fair, Tracy. We don't drink. To be fair, Tracy, if it comes in a bottle with a cork, you drink it. Let's be honest. Let's or, be real. Or a screw top. <laughs> yeah. But that's meth. You shouldn't really drink that. It's just that <laughs> But the two were unrelated. The two were sure. completely unrelated. I didn't kind of go and stumble into my hives and knock them over. <laughs> but you know what I did do? I strapped them together in a stupid way. Because I was in a hurry, I didn't strap them to the actual stand. I just oh, yeah. tied them all together. Um, but the good anyway, thing is you strap them. Mm. Um, when they fall over, they don't separate, do they? No, they didn't. They cracked open though. All right. And I thought, oh god, they're going to be all be dead. But then they're not. They're both the ones yeah. that went over are fine. Because I noticed you don't like ratchet straps, do you? Because <laughs> when I go to my apiary, first first visit I went after you've had it for like a year. <laughs> oh, no, the shame. Yeah. I think I couldn't what, work out why are they why are they them? tied on? <laughs> you just I just thought you give it up with a ratchet. You just tied it in a bow. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were there, and I was like, "Can you work out how to use these ratchet straps?" And yeah, could not work it out at all. And we were just like, "Right, let's just tie them up." I had to take some home to get them open because I know what you've done to them. And I really oh, I can't get this open. I'm, 
Yeah. I've got them all open now, though, but it took me, a, it took me like it was a little oh project. God. I was you sitting, on, sitting on my sofa wa- watching Netflix <laughs> trying to undo the ratchet straps. What's that, dear? No, I couldn't work out how to use them. <laughs> and I don't, I mean. You don't like them. No. People don't. Ratchet, <laughs> I think hive straps um, defied the nation. Yes. Yeah. There's a bee farmer follows on Twitter. He's going, oh, I need some more straps. So this guy gave him a link to this place where you can buy ratchet straps. And he went, no, no, not ratchet straps. <laughs> I I have to say, I don't, yeah, I won't be using ratchet straps. I like ratchet straps. I what I like about it, you can do it nice and tight. Yeah. So if the hive does fall over, it just stays in one place. It yeah. doesn't no, it doesn't open. The downside of them, one, they are a little bit tricky to use. And two, you can over-ratchet it. You can actually crush the box. Yeah. You can, If you go mad, you can bend the box. God. I like them. But you like them, yeah. yeah. They were new as well. I know. Because they, the, they were the ones where the ratchet separates from the strap with a little hook. I just couldn't work And, and, and I'm, I'm in the hive. The was going I'm, on. A, I'm in the hive and I'm thinking, where's the ratchet? And you've taken that away and you just tied up the... Like, the <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just thought... Oh, forget it. It was a real me. I was, I was befuddled. <laughs> you were befuddled. I was completely befuddled. And I just thought, well, all I can do is tie them up. So if the hive <laughs> goes over, it, yeah. hopefully it won't crack I like where you tied it in a bow. I that was cute. I tie it in a <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little bow. Like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> no, I, I don't get on with ratchet straps. And when I saw them, I was just like, oh, my God. I, I know I don't know how to use these. I use ratchet straps and highs and just the little ones with buttons for the mm. nukes. Because the stra- straps on the nukes are just to hold the lids on. Because mm. the little lids, little bastards, things fly off over the hill. They do. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of your stuff blew away. Yeah, and poly nuke mm. lids, they're the most, they're, they're airworthy. Yeah, they're like a frisbee. <laughs> yeah, these go. <laughs> 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 and the, the, um, the transparent crown boards they're, oh i love those yeah they're good but they fly away and then you lose them i found two yesterday under leaves it's like, oh, is that a crown board oh yeah it is and uh, that's probably not you that's probably the last time i was up there they get lost all the time mm. and the high manufacturers need to stop using transparent plastics yes because they go over the field and that's it you can't find them they use them for the feeder as well they mm. put the plastic those um what's the feeder um it's got like a plastic thing that the bees can't get out, out of. Like the top feeder with the perspex. Yeah. Yeah, what for the nukes? Is it the Miller? nucleus boxes. can't remember the name of it now. Yeah, all of all of them, they've got this. I've really, <laughs> I can't remember. But there's a feeder that's got a plastic cover and that's transparent and that flies off as well. Yeah. I've taken to, um, I might just paint them all. Paint them all bright red or something. That's a good idea. Yeah. I won't. If you it. like red. I just can see it. Like I buy orange hive tools. Yeah. Because same reason, like you put them down. I think where's my hive tool? Yeah. Oh. I carry three with me because there's a matter of times I put it down and could not find it, and then next time I go, oh, there it is. Mm. But anyway, so all right, so we've got some skeins. So we're going to do a bit of a little bit of queen rearing. Uh, joys of poly hives. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bee safaris. Loads of cleaning. Loads of cleaning. Can't believe how much cleaning there is to do. I forgot about the cleaning. So we're just going to wrap up with stuff we've been reading and watching on the interweb. 
So um, I think we spoke about this all with the Aprist blog. It's just called the Aprist. You can just Google it. Mm-hmm. So he did a really good post. All his posts are good. But the one I liked was he did one about how he paints his polynics. And he paints them with Hammerite garage door paint. Really? It's amazing. I've done it. It's brilliant. Really? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So what he said was it does stink a bit when you first yeah. do it. Um, but you do two coats of that and you get a really hard, shiny, weatherproof finish. It's much better than masonry paint. Wow. Uh-huh. God, I would never have thought of trying that. It's brilliant stuff. Excellent. So I've painted them all green and I've got some more, I've got some blue now. Only thing is it's quite a small tin, it's quite expensive. But his point in the post was that it's a unlike masonry paint, you can just wash it with a brush, like wash it with a sponge, and it comes back good as new. So I'm like, aha! So I've 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 done quite a lot of garage door paint now. What colour? Green. Like a British Jaguar racing car green. And a, and a, like a navy blue. Is it shiny? It's very shiny. It's <laughs> <laughs> good for like three frame mating newts though, because blue and green, bees, bees can see and they can differentiate. Yeah. It's always good to have the mating newts slightly different colours. So. Nice one. Then that, the link to that will be in a post. And um, on the videos, I was watching uh, Richard Knoll, who's a British beekeeper who lives in France. And I love Richard because like 10 years ago, Richard had a couple of hives and now he's got hundreds and he raises hundreds of queens and he's got a really good new YouTube channel. And he's just, what I like about Richard, he's very, don't drop your pen. You've got it. Hang on, hang on. I've got the pen back. Well, the dog eats it. Where is the dog? She's around somewhere. What about right, Richard? Is He's just got a method and he just tells you his method. This is what I do. Yeah. Might not work for you, but it works for me. This is, and it's just... Really, I like. He's a really good communicator. So he he's done a um, it's a three hour video. It's one he, he presented to a I think it's Cambridge Beekeeping Association. So he does an hour of talking. He presenting how he raises bees, and he does like a two hour Q and A. It's well worth a watch. And there's um what I like about it, and I've got a bit of audio. He said we could use a bit for it. Is um he goes through how he does it. So he basically uses the Mike Palmer method which is you just build this monstrous queenless yeah. hive so what he does he gets a hive puts another brood back on top of it and he, he puts 10 frames of emerging brood in that hive so then he, en- he ends up with this monster horrendous like monster yeah. and then just before it swarms he makes it hopelessly queenless he takes the queen away and he shakes every nurse bee he can find into this box. And they've got no material to make queens. And they're massive. And he's grafting like 50 at a time, I think, into them. This is this enormous thing. But what I like about his talk is that he recognises that method, although it's probably, the for him, it's the best method to raise lots of queens. If you're like a backyard beekeeper and you've got four or five hives, it's not entirely practical now what i like i'm gonna play now he's got a bit of he's basically taken that method and he's applied it so to a nuke and how you can use it so i'm just going to play this and we can talk so introducing the five over five cell builder you take a normal 10 frame colony whatever you can akin to that but roughly 10 frames on the point of swarming in other words it's a really strong colony it doesn't mean you can see queen cells and it just means it could do because it's really good really strong spring colony into the summer the colony is converted to a five over five. You arrange the brood vertically from the center out and the honey on the furthest from the center. And you put 
the queen above the excluder. She's in the top of the box, so she cannot abscond, okay? She's in there. You make sure you give her room. If you haven't got any, any frames of uh, comb, you just put some foundation so she's got room to lay. You've got to just look after her a bit, but she will in that top, she's in that top box. You leave at least two frames for her. And you leave this for five days like that, okay? And in the bottom, all the brood that was in there to all, all the open, sorry, the open eggs and larvae that you put in, that will have aged. That will have lost its ability to be changed to or to be made into a queen if it became hopelessly queenless. So that's what you're going to do. You're doing the reverse of what we, so the same thing we did with the bigger box, but what you're creating this part, this lower section is now not able to raise its own colony, but they don't know that yet because they're still technically one. There's the queen excluder, the bees are coming and going from the front and they are going up and down, but the queen's up here. No big deal, no change, nothing. But what we do is this, we then take the top box off and we move it to one side, but we just move it away. And all the bees that are flying will fly back to this one because that's all they know, okay? But there will be a lot of nurse bees here, so you need to shake more nurse bees in and you leave just enough bees in the box that's been turned away just to keep the queen going and keep her there. But she's away now. So what is this colony? This colony is now hopelessly queenless. And in it, there's no eggs and larvae for them to make a new queen. And this is how you can make a small amount of cells in this box because it, it's, it's going to go into emergency mode. It's going to draw up whatever they can find, but they can't draw up anything. So you give them some grass. That is towards the end of his talk. So the, the, most of his talk, he's talking about like where he came from, how he got into it, how he raises a lot of queens. And then he's got this system at the end where he's adapted it. It's exactly the same mechanism. He essentially uses a nuke to build a queen, queenless starter. And because it's, it's, a, it's a nuke on two boxes, you can just recombine them at the end. So you're not actually, just, you're not tearing down a hive. You're just temporarily splitting it and then you can put it back together once you've finished. Um, but he's taken his method and he's applied it to just like normal average beekeepers who want to raise queens, but they're like, well... I don't really want to take 10 frames and put it in this massive box because quite a lot of skill is stopping that box swarming. A 10 out of 10 method looks really simple. But it's quite a lot of skill in you know, having a hive that powerful yeah, massive, aren't they? And, and stopping it and just catching it on the right time to stop it swarming. You've got to be like, reasonably experienced there. Whereas this method, it's kind of de-risks it and you could probably graft 10, 15 cells into that, no problem. So I love that. It was a really good thing. So we'll put the link of that in the show notes. But um, it's well worth watching the whole thing because the question and answer is quite good as well. Good thing about YouTube is you can kind of uh, change the playback speed. So you can watch the one hour or normal speed and then do the other on double. So it talks really fast, but you can understand it and then you can stop at the bits you find interesting. Mm. I loved watching that. Yeah, I watched it. I thought it was absolutely fascinating. But, you know, just to see so many bees in one box yeah because he's got another video there where he actually films himself building that box yeah you watch that one as yeah. well don't you? and that is just mm. that's like four hives poured into one <laughs> and i love the way he explains it it's just yeah you know so kind of natural and yeah and and very yeah step by step yeah how he does it so yeah we enjoy, enjoyed that so um anyway so i think i think we're finished I think that's our first podcast from the garden Yes. This is quite a good spot to do a podcast from. Although it's starting to blow the wind now. 
starting to get a bit, a bit chilly now. It's chilly, and I've run out of coffee, and I'm not going to eat that last slice of cake. I'm going to show some sort of self-discipline. I've eaten every other slice of that cake, but that one but piece there, were, there... There were only a couple of slices, Paul. There were not... It wasn't a whole cake. Well, no, because you've eaten the rest of the cake. I ate the rest of the cake. <laughs> 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 How many cakes have you got in the freezer? About three. <laughs> uh, do, do your neighbours find like empty flour containers in their bins and like where did these come from? Because you're just trying to like, trying to spread it out. You know, like you're yeah. a party and you pour loads of beer bottles in your, in, in your bin in the night and everyone can hear all those bottles going and think, yeah, that person, they're a lush. You're the same with flour, like just hiding it. Well, do you remember the beginning of lockdown last year? There was lots of panic buying of flour. Because people were baking, doing a lot more baking. A toilet roll. Yeah. So yeah. I couldn't get I couldn't get any flour. For ages. So their panic buying was your normal weekly shot, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's pretty much just <laughs> sacks of flour. Cake flour, yeah. So I'll let you finish. Okay. Oh, I feel completely rusty at this. I know. That's why I'm going to let you finish. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> well, well, I drove over here thinking about the beginning. That was easy. That's why it was one line. That's why it was actually the first beginning. One of the very rare beginnings where we didn't laugh at each other, forgetting how to do the beginning. Well, I was thinking about the beginning as well. All right. I thought I was doing it and not the end. <laughs> but anyway, let me. You, you're going to have to remind me. What? Of Just refer to the website. Okay. So thank you very much for listening. And we mean it. Thank you. Um, and our website is www.thebeehivejive.com. Um, and you can see us at Instagram, which is the Beehive Jive Podcast. Without the. Without the, without, sorry, Beehive Jive podcast. We will make it all the same. Oh, no, we've, we've fluffed the ending now. Oh, no. Damn. We better go. Do you want to do it again? No, no. Okay. All right, see you later, guys. Thank see you. See you later. See you next time. Oh, next time. I'm very disappointed my teacher abandoned me and went to Inverness. But I guess if you play the bagpipes, that's quite a good place to yeah. be. I think I think it's less of abandoned, more like run away. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs>